0: the class, and left corner to Agitla. Agitla in the left circle. Passing to Yale. A shot saved. Made by Alaginla's rebound. Another shot. They score! The
1: Flames win it! Yes! Yeah!
2: Now, on Sportsnet 960 The Fan, here's Pat Steinberg and Logan Gordon. All
1: right, happy Thursday, and we are underway this hour of Flames Talk. Steinberg, Logan Gordon on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It is Thursday, July 13th. July 13th, the day that will be written in infamy. If you're a fan of the Calgary Flames. That's how we're kicking off the hour. Hello, Logo. Hi, Patrick. So July 12th and July 13th of 2022 were days that we knew were going to be significant for the Calgary Flames. We knew on July 12th when Johnny Gaudreau made his decision and we knew on July 13th when Johnny Gaudreau decided to sign in Columbus that these were going to be days that we look back on and say, yeah, I, I remember when Johnny Gaudreau didn't sign, blah, 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 blah. But I can guarantee you, that nobody saw the next 365 days playing out the way that it did. And that's how we are kicking off the hour. Text line open at 960, 960. One of the, well, for me, having covered this team now on a full-time basis for more than a decade, never seen anything like what we've seen the last calendar year, from July to July, from Johnny Gaudreau's decision to Matthew Kachuk's decision and the trade that would follow to the Nazem Kadri signing, the absolute nightmare of a season that we just endured. A GM leaves, a head coach is fired. We've got two new replacements in those spots in Conroy and Huska. And then you add on these players wanting out and the most recent being a Tyler Toffoli trade. This has been a whacked last year for the Calgary Flames. Ups and downs and roller coasters. And I don't think anybody had any. I know I certainly didn't have a clue, Logo, that when Johnny Gaudreau made his decision, it would kick off what was maybe the most unprecedented year in team history. I I don't even know if you do say maybe.
3: Probably the most unprecedented year in team history. Oh, for sure. And that's just based on the results and what's happened with the team itself. I mean, the, the actual physical player turnover, Pat, just in numbers that we've seen over the last 365 days with this team. And we'll still see, I mean, you can add on to it a bit, potentially what we have in the next month or so, or two months, whatever, if you want to, you know, take it further than that. You're going to look at that 21, 22 team with Kachuk and Goudreau having their best years as flames. And you're going to say, look how quickly the roster fell off and changed I don't want to say fell off. That's the wrong word, but you know how quickly it dismantled itself. Yeah, and there's gonna be like five or six guys maybe left when the dust finally settles into into this season. I I can't I can't even recall a team you know going into rebuild mode that's seen that that kind of change in that kind of you know time period. So it all started with like, am I wrong in saying that
1: it all started and kicked off with Johnny leaving? Like if it. I don't know if any of this happens if Johnny decides yes, to stay. If, if Johnny if Johnny doesn't change his mind in the span of 10 or 15 minutes and if he doesn't go from yes I'll take your 8-year deal to no I'm not going to be signing here if if it stays at we've got a deal. None of this happens. Like we're talking I mean maybe the Kachuk trade still happens. Maybe Kachuk is elsewhere. I still think Matthew was looking to go elsewhere regardless sure, but of Sure, you know Johnny's that that decision. had to influence
3: his decision oh, somewhere sure, or another. for sure. For sure. His line mate and the guy that he had the most success with personally in his time as a member of the Calgary Flames just walked in. So you're right. Maybe that idea was already in his head that Calgary wasn't going to be the spot for him long term, but I guarantee that decision from Johnny Goudreau. Certainly helped push it in one direction. They couldn't not have. And then what, is, what does this season look like? If, if Johnny's still
1: here and playing on a new contract and maybe Matthew is playing out and says, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll play it by ear and see how this year goes, see if we can follow up on, on what we did last year, see if we can get revenge on the Oilers. Kadri probably doesn't sign here. No. You know, you, Brad True Living may or may not still be here. Daryl Sutter may or may not still be here. You just, it's, it's crazy to think how things could have been different if... Johnny decided to stick around. And I look back. How, how do we look back on that day when Johnny decided to leave? Because I'll play you this. It's a good long clip. And I know you played a little bit of this on, on Sportsnet today. But just listen to this about two and a half minutes on that. I think it was a Tuesday night, July 12th. This is Brad Tree Living minutes after. No word of a lie. Minutes after Johnny told him they were going in a different direction. This was Brad, you living on a news conference with all of us.
2: Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us here on short notice this evening. Uh, the purpose of the availability here is um, we wanted to speak tonight, um, We, which I am sure um, is already public knowledge. We were informed earlier this evening after um, a, lengthy, uh, a lengthy discussion um, and negotiation um, that John Johnny Gaudreau was going to hit free agency, and he'll be testing the market and uh, entering the free agency market uh, tomorrow. Um, it's a disappointing day uh, to say the very least. Um, I uh, I sat in front of you. Those that are local here at the end of our season, uh, and I think my line and my comment was we would move heaven and earth. Um, I can assure our fans um, that we have done everything possible to bring John and keep John in in Calgary. I want to wish John, his family, his wife, Meredith. Um, John's going to be a dad in the upcoming months. I want to wish him and his family all the very, very best. Um, he, he gave us eight great years here, eight wonderful years, and a lot of memories. Um, and I can tell you, it's, a, it's difficult right now. It's difficult. Um, and the hard part of this business is we do have to move on. You know, we do have to move on. We, we do that with nothing but great memories of John, his time here. I had a, uh, a good long discussion with John. It was an emotional one, and as I said earlier, I want to thank uh, our ownership group, led by Murray Edwards, our management team. Um, we did everything possible to keep John here. And I don't want to speak for John and I won't speak for John, but um, it is my strong belief that uh, this was a family decision. And I respect that fully, uh, that's something that I, uh, it certainly is, is John has every right. Um, and, and we, we, we have nothing but respect for John, the, the player and John, the person.
1: So that was a year ago. That was, uh, that looked like a broken man. It was like a broken man. sounded on,
3: like a broken man, broken man on the...
1: pier, returned to owner. That was, that was Brad Treliving on that day. Like, and, and, I don't know what you were picturing the man's face, but that man looked like he had just gone 12 rounds and he looked worn down. He looked like he had nothing left. And you can understand why, because that was a that was a a roller coaster day. There had been no movement. They had made their initial offer to Johnny Gaudreau. And there had been nothing. I remember talking to Brad a few days prior at the draft in Montreal, and there was still really nothing going on. And then that July 12th, the day before free agency opened on July 13th, rather, 2022, they went from having no conversations, and as deadlines typically do, all of a sudden wheels were turning and things move fast. And they went from being pretty far apart to all of a sudden, they grinded, and they grinded, and they grinded. I remember talking all day that day about how they were grinding away on a deal and how it was getting closer, and there was a sense of optimism that it was going to get done. And I don't know if it was about 6 o'clock. I don't know if it was about 5.30, whatever. I, I got the word that I think there's a deal done here. And literally, like 15 minutes later, after I had gotten word from a couple of people that I think, I think, there's a, I, I think they got a deal done. Next thing you know, Elliot Friedman tweets out, Johnny's going to free agency. And because it was a 15-minute swing, it was, we've got a deal, to he's going in a different direction. And so you spend all day grinding away on a deal, and you think it's done, and then 15 minutes later, it's not done. And you go from optimism to, yes, we did it, to now it's been completely ripped out from underneath you, and you've lost the player. Like, yeah, I'd be... (laughs) I'd be feeling pretty beat up, too. That, that would that would take it out of me, too.
3: Well, I, I, it's the caliber of player that takes away from it, right? And knowing that you just lost a first-line... Franchise player. Franchise player for nothing. And look, the, that's a different part of it, but that's we can what get into the reality that. was. We can get into that. Right? That's what the, the other side of it was. Was you re-signed him or you lost him for nothing. You went all in on it and you missed and was it a family decision was it all those things sure I'm, I'm sure it was but i think it was also a difficult decision for him not to sign in calgary again and it clearly you you can't there's no way to lose that kind of player after that kind of season and not know that there were there are more changes to come it's just it's too big of a hit for for any any franchise to take right Brad living in calgary or Toronto or, or you know, Minnesota, whatever. You lose that kind of player in, in that fashion in the last minute like that, and that changed their entire plans. Right? We went in. I remember talking that previous, as we got closer to the draft and going, it's gonna be a pretty quiet offseason. They just don't have a lot of money to spend once you once you sign up Cadro to this contract.
1: Kachuk resign You
3: know, we'll talk about a Kachuk resigning signing, what that looks you know, we got one year left on that. Are you gonna qualify him or or just go ahead with it? Right. We were talking it's gonna be a quiet offseason. How do they build on that second round playoff against Edmonton, but they're not gonna have a ton of money because they gotta re-sign these guys. And then all of a sudden it was, holy, what okay, what are we gonna do in free agency? What are we gonna yep. do in trade? Because all of a sudden everything that you thought you knew was turned on its head.
1: And then the decision that Johnny made to sign in Columbus was just like I it, it still I remember exactly where I was when news came down. I was uh I, I had been we did part of the show from the Saddledome on free agency day. And for whatever reason, I think it was, I think it was really close to Stampede or something. For whatever reason, I was taking the train back here. And I do not remember why I was taking the train, but I was taking the train. Maybe because we couldn't get into the Saddledome to do the show from the, the, the Hot Stove Lounge because of Stampede. But I took the train back, and we did some more show from here. And I remember getting word that Johnny was signing in Columbus... And then you found out what the dollar figure was. And you knew that the flames had put $84 million on the table over eight years to Johnny. And he decided for seven, like he left like $12 million on the table. And, and I remember on Twitter, people starting to do the math, like how far Columbus is away compared to this and wanting to be closer to home and all that type of stuff. And I want to, I want to preface that look, as, as Brad said, Johnny is entitled to, to go about his business, however he wants. And, and, I I honestly do believe that he was the, the reason why he had the change of heart is because I think that he was like, when he really thought about it, being closer to home and being in the Eastern time zone and being a, you know, a 90 minute flight away from friends and family and all that type of stuff was really important to him. As Brad mentioned in that clip with a kid coming and all that type of stuff. But it was still stunning when you found out, because we thought it was going to be New Jersey, oh, the F- Islanders, Philly, Philadelphia. Somebody,
3: it had to be one of those teams, right? Because if you were going to leave a team that just went to the second round of the playoffs and, and had the kind of success. just 84
1: mil on the table.
3: Yeah, you were going to do so going to a team that had, you know, had Jack Hughes on it, right? Or you were going to be part of the next wave in Philly. That didn't happen, and they've gone a different direction. But you're right. The Islander, you know, here, we'll put you on a line with Matt Barzell, and, you know, you can run things in Long Island, right? Not only are you closer to home, but you're closer to winning. Columbus got worse. Columbus statistically did worse with Gaudreau and Branson on their team after that summer than they had the year before. Yeah. Now, it worked out well. You got Adam Fantilli, but even now, it still doesn't look like the brightest of, of futures right now in Columbus. It's still stunning to see that. Well...
1: They did this. the The Blue Jackets did like a behind the scenes thing about a week later. Of I remember it well. Yeah, and it was like Yarmo Kekalinen was like surprised. He's like, what? "Hold on, you are- I was surprised. He wants they to let sign here. He wants to sign. here. Johnny. want Like it was like they were stunned. Like, hold on a second. Johnny's calling out.
3: Oh. It was well, a yeah. weird look that video. It was very strange because it, it, yes, it was exciting. It's the biggest fran- uh, free agent signing, obviously. But you're right. It came off with Yarmolke Kickline and the rest of their group being like, us. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really. You want to go to the dance with with us? No. That's got to be a prank, right? Where's the Where's the fake Elliot Friedman Twitter? Yeah, kind account of, uh, that? kind of. It kind
1: of. It kind of just exacerbated the reputation that Columbus has.
3: Right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to sign here? Really? No. Oh, apparently you do. Sure, we'll sign. Get him a pen now! We'll do it today! I
1: remember they did the same thing when Wierenski signed their long-term, too. I remember when they were like, let's really underline that Wierenski's staying. He has decided to not leave! Now, we've started to have similar uh, similar problems in this market. I fully understand that. But, yes, I, I'm with you. That was a strange look. Do you Do you believe that Johnny's main reason for leaving was... Family related? Because I do. I, I, I do believe it was to be closer to home, starting a family with his wife. I, I really do believe being back in that part of the world, that part of the country was, was the main reason he made the decision. And I honestly, do I think Johnny played it well? Nope. I think that he, he probably could have come to that realization a whole lot quicker and, and probably didn't need to have that Hey, we've got a deal done. And then 15 minutes later, change of heart. I, I can understand why everybody would be really frustrated by that. But, uh, but I, I, Johnny never did like the, the whole idea that this was a calculated move. And Johnny did this just to screw the flames over and get revenge. Not true. You can be pissed at him for the way he went about it, but it was not calculated. I can tell you that much. That guy was a mess until he finally made his decision to sign in Columbus. I mean, and I think, and I think the agent overplayed the hand a little bit. I think so because I, I they did the, not get New Jersey. Them, no, yeah, they did not get the offers they thought. They, they thought there was going
3: to be a much bigger market yeah. than what there was. And yeah. I think some of those teams. Do I think some of those teams that we talked about offered him something? Sure. Do I think it was anywhere close to what they thought the offer would be? No, I don't think that. Yeah, that played into it at all. And so I look. This this is going to be sounding very crass, but I mean. I do think it was for family because, let's be honest, it wasn't for winning. That's uh, that's as simple as I can put it, and he can say it, and and Kekalainen can say it, and they can go, they didn't win, and they're not close to winning. Yeah, so it had to be for some other reason, and I I do believe it was for family reasons. I I absolutely think that 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 played a massive part. It. I don't have any reason to to doubt that from Johnny Gaudreau, but if you take that away from it. You've taken less money, and you've taken less team success. What other reason is there for going to Columbus? Yeah. And I'm not trying to to bash them as this bottom feeder of a team. They're not good, Pat. Yeah. They've got, there's a reason they have the prospect pipeline that they do right now. It's because they've been a terrible franchise for the last 10, 15 years. And Save a couple of years
1: here and there. Col- yeah. yeah.
3: You, okay, you brought in Duchesne and Panarin for a couple of coffee. Great. Congratulations. You beat Tampa. Yeah, that's, that's all you've done. So, for me, what you're, are you putting them on as a premier destination in the NHL, this team that was going to go over the top once Johnny showed up there? No. So, it, it, to me, it had to come down to family because the other aspects, the money we talked about was more in yep. Calgary. Yep. The winning was more in Calgary and in New Jersey and probably in a couple other places. So, uh, take away the options. What was left? It was family. Yep. So...
1: Yeah, I think that you can be, a year later, you can still be critical of the way Johnny handled it because I think it would have been better for all parties if Johnny would have told them two weeks earlier, two days earlier, month earlier, whatever, that, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. And I don't, I don't blame him. I've never, I, I, I've never been in those exact shoes, but I, I'm one of the most indecisive people on the planet. So I understand indecisiveness... And I understand how a deadline can force a decision. So, in a lot of ways, like I kind of get where Johnny was coming from and why it ended up going that way. But one of the things that I have learned is that being an indecisive dolt, and I'm not calling Johnny adult, I'm calling myself adult, but being indecisive can sometimes piss people off and can sometimes damage relationships, so I've really tried to work on that because I'm like, you know what? My indecisive nature, that's a crutch. That's a, that's a flaw, and you want to you work on it, and I just, I think the indecisiveness here wasn't by design, wasn't on purpose, but it does have consequences, right? It does have side effects and that side effect is the entire market despises
3: you right oh yeah it's it's a, maybe it's the difference between booze and cheers and your return to the Scotiabank bank Dome, right it's how people look back on your legacy with a team and how you're perceived in that market i mean johnny gaudreau was on a pace pat and you know this as well as anybody to break franchise records that only number 12 has come close to having in calgary yep. and the conversation really was for those, those few weeks leading up to free agency, I remember them. They were, look, what's your legacy here in Calgary? If that's what you're willing to leave and change, is you're leaving behind a chance to be one of the greatest players on a Canadian team ever and to potentially have your number 13 up in the Saddle Dome and whatever building comes next for this team. And you're right. I think a lot of what, how it happened – changed how he would, was going to be viewed during his time in Calgary. Even even in the summer, we had a conversation. We had those conversations leading into it when we got the schedule out. We were saying, okay, Matthew's coming back here. Johnny's coming back here. Uh, who do you think is going to get received better, right? And at the time, you know, before obviously everything happened during the season, it was, as far as I'm concerned, maybe you disagree with me, it was far and away before the season started. Johnny's going to get it way worse than Matthew. Oh, was honest, and Matthew got us a return and let us go out and get Huberto and Weger and Schwint, and that was the more honest approach. And Johnny went down to the last minute, and that screwed us. And he was going to get it way worse than Matthew when it came back to it. Now things have changed because the results haven't been perfect on the Florida trade, and people feel a certain way about that now too. But it absolutely was part of how Flames fans will, will always look at Johnny Gaudreau's time in Calgary. Yep
1: last uh, last point before we hit the text line at 96960 um did the flames play it wrong were there any mistakes made by the flames and i i do think that in yes. hindsight yeah i think that they misplayed it a year prior i don't think they That's did exactly anything right. i don't think they did anything wrong 1 year ago but leading up to his career season leading up to his 115 point season they were close on a deal and and i in late august early september right before training camp 2021 the flames and Johnny were very close to a deal, and and I remember talking about it. I remember just kind of waiting for it. I remember writing an article about Johnny staying because I was like, "Geez, they're close. I'm hearing that it's like imminent here." So you're like, "Oh, this will be really good timing. It'll make me look smart. There's a little secret, right?" You're like, "Okay, I'll time it. And then you're like, "What? When does it happen?" And then all of a sudden, it didn't happen. And and I remember first day of training camp. Johnny said, "We're not. I I'm leave it to my agent and tree. We're not talking about it." Um, they decided not to talk about it during the season after something didn't get done. And Johnny went out and put up 115 points, scored the biggest goal in a decade for the franchise, and uh, got him into the second round with that goal and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, I, I they could have gotten him for significantly cheaper, and they could have kept him a year prior. And that that, I don't know what happened. I don't know why it didn't get done. I don't know why...
3: I think there was a hesitation with the core at that point, coming off the bubble season. It could very well. Have I been. think that there was a, an obvious. But if they were that close in September, why
1: not ultimately get there? Is is I don't That's know. That's a tough one,
3: right? I do think ultimately it's a misstep. I thought it was
1: a misstep then, and it's oh, clearly for sure. a well, misstep it, now, for
3: sure, right? And to to put any stock into the bubble seasons and what happened in that, you know, was clearly you know one to to forget in a lot of ways but you're right that to me is the only mistake that they got made and clearly i think feelings got hurt by that initial conversation with the flames i think that johnny
1: or whatever happened yeah.
3: yeah i think i think feelings were hurt and i think johnny and and his family and you know the people around him were hoping to be valued more by the organization because they'd always been highly valued right going back to to flying him in for his one game yeah Uh, Coming out of college and being this superstar off the start, he'd always been valued. And then, you know, I think business can rear its ugly head. And sometimes you got to get into those situations where, uh, you know, maybe feelings can get hurt a little bit easier. But past that, I I don't have blame anywhere else, Pat, because, uh, you know, uh, we go back to it and we still see it on the text line. And it still blows my mind that people think that trading Johnny Goudreau at that trade deadline was ever an option. Because it wasn't. No, it it really wasn't. It never was. And... Put yourself back in in those shoes as a Flames fan, and put yourself in Brad's spot. You never would. When does that ever happen? And it's exactly what they're fighting against this year as well, with the uh, the upcoming UFAs. Yeah, is you can't get in that scenario and be one, two in the Pacific, and then all of a sudden get there and go, oh, damn it, that's right. At the end of the year, he's not coming back, so I got to ship him out now. Yeah, that was never an option. And I think that I think they did everything in their power. Like Brad said after the season, and and, you know, based on what you've talked about, absolutely, I think they did. Yeah. But that initial conversation was when it should have gotten done, and it should have been settled then. And you could probably say something similar about uh, the Matthew Kachuk situation, and and you know, not signing him long term in
1: twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, let's get to, uh, let's get to it on the text line at 960, 960. Ryan Leslie's going to join us to, uh, c- kind of continue this conversation and take it to a couple of new spots in a couple of minutes here. Uh, this says if how most superstars are treated in this league, where they get their contract extension a year in advance, the flames were a bit disrespectful by waiting until 10 minutes before Johnny went to the blue jackets, uh, just kidding on the 10 minutes, but they waited too long. Also, if they started negotiating the year before they might've got them a bit less expensive, as we just said. Uh, this says. Um, the Flames' mismanagement was they trusted the player like the player was family when the player carried, cared only about family. Uh, this says from Magarso, one year later, it still hurts to lose a guy like Johnny. He was a great player for this franchise, a game changer, and it definitely changed the dynamics of this team. Not only his decision to leave, but how our general manager handled it, handled it hurts as well. You lose a player for nothing. Uh, This says, I still don't understand how Johnny screwed them. He was here eight, nine seasons. He wasn't getting a return, whether he decided quickly or not. Matthew screwed them and didn't even play out his RFA years. He knew since he signed the bridge that he was out and he had no choice but to speak up. Uh, This says, do you think he regrets it yet? That comes from Paul. Uh, This says, Johnny was a coward, too scared to be honest until time ran out and Tree was one year late trying to close a deal on him. Uh, This says, again, I have far more respect for Johnny than Matthew. He was torn up about the choice right to the end and ultimately chose his family where Matthew chose himself. Johnny made the hard choice here. He manned up. Uh, And I don't know if Johnny regrets it after one year in Columbus to Paul's question. This says Johnny's an unreal talent, had one bad year during COVID. Brad tried to lowball him and this is what happened. Could have got him for eight uh, eight or nine times eight, but Brad decided to try and lowball him. Don't blame Johnny for leaving. Uh, this says let's face it, a lot of fans would still hate Johnny no matter which way he chose to leave. This says, do you suppose he went to Columbus because there's much smaller media scrutiny? Perhaps. Um this says Johnny I left, I think left for the most part because his wife really liked the fit of the medical facility in Columbus, which is a reasonable reason as part of a compromise in a marriage. Absolutely. Um This says, I would love to know how much Johnny would have put in his pocket after paying Canadian taxes and escrow and all the stuff versus the deal he signed in Columbus. Food for thought. There's uh, from James. Uh, This says, Tree should have been fired immediately when Johnny left. As soon as we got beat out of that playoffs, he should have made uh, Gaudreau bleep or get off the pot because Tree waited and waited. They lost all good UFAs and the draft. I'll never forgive or forget Tree for doing that. There's just a little bit on the text line at 960, 960. A year removed from Johnny's decision to bounce. And sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pat and Logan along with you this hour of Flamestock from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basementy. Visit DLBasementSystemsCalgary.com.
2: Flamestalk is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Fun start to the hour as we uh, look back a year ago on Johnny Gaudreau's decision to leave side in Columbus, and then all of what has happened since. Flames talk. This hour continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio. Let's welcome in our buddy Ryan Leslie, uh, Sports. That's Ryan Leslie with us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. I remember chatting with him on the phone uh, the day that Johnny made his decision to join the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, Ryan joins me now. Hello, Ryan. How we doing?
0: Okay, Pat. Doing great. Okay, how Pat. are you?
1: I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. It's uh, good. it's good. Uh, it's good to have you on board. I remember. I remember vividly. Again, like that's one of those. That's one of those days. We all have those days, right? Where like in your career covering this sport or doing whatever you do, you always have one of those days where you remember like so many little details because it was such a crazy day. And those two days, July 12th and 13th, when Johnny decided not to stay in Calgary and then decided to sign in Columbus, uh, like. Those those will be two of those days because it was that memorable a day. What? To, how do you reflect on Johnny's decisions hmm. a year ago?
0: Well, probably like uh, a lot of people. You look back at the player. You look back at uh, how he was in the community. I look back at uh, sort of how I knew him uh, personally uh, in this market. And, uh, you know, I still keep in touch with him. Uh, great guy, great family. Happy to see uh, that he's uh, doing well on the family side of things as well now. Uh, I remember doing a, uh, an Instagram live with him. Um, Geez, I don't know about the timing of it, but I think it would be shortly thereafter, um, after uh, the whole Columbus situation. And I was at a cottage in Ontario and both he and uh, Matthew took time out of their schedule to join me for those things. Those were big, big conversations, big, uh, you know, I guess organizational shifts um, and as far as Gaudreau is concerned, I know, uh, well, same with Matthew as well. Just, you know, two, uh, two players who absolutely loved their time in Calgary and, uh, still keep in touch with a lot of people here. So, uh, a, a heck of a run while it, while it was here, didn't have the playoff success anybody would like, but those are electric players and we know what they're capable of.
1: And like, uh, did you have, so that day when, when Johnny decides not to sign with them, did you have any idea or any inkling that it would put the organization on the course that it's been on for the last year? Like, think about the last 365 days and all of the things that we have covered and talked about with this team. And it, it all, I, I, I want to venture a guess that next to none of it or very little of it would have happened had Johnny decided to sign with the Flames.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of shifts. And, you know, I remember hearing Elliot talk about... Um, you know, the Oilers uh, and their win over the Flames and how that might break up the Flames. And, you know, that you could point to that. You could point to some key decisions. You could point to um, a lot of change, a lot of outgoing change. Those were the big dominoes, though, weren't they? I mean, the Daryl one was big. The Living one was big. Um, but there's been a lot of seismic change uh, within the organization. Um, but probably those ones really... You know, we might have this conversation down the road, Pat, you and I and your listeners about, you know, is that, did they get back on track? Did they they recoup anything like that? Um, Did it all end too soon? And it's still too early to tell, uh, but likely we'll look back and say, boy, if you could have hung on to those players, what could have happened? And, you know, John came down to the 11th hour. That's been well publicized. Matthew had great dialogue going on with true living about it. And, you know, he was working the system as only a Kachuk could. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, he orchestrated, but there's a lot of factors that went into it from COVID to, you know, being close to home to contract status. There's just a lot of factors in there. And, you know, I think flames fans kind of took some did anyhow, took it personally. Um, But some understood the, the business side of it. And I think it's pro sports where anything can happen. And, Hockey's no different than what you see in other sports. So, uh, yeah, it's tough to uh, think about what could have been, especially when they had those big three. Of course, you throw Lindholm in there. When um, you think about some players hitting their peak and the prime of their careers, guys like Noah Hannafin come to mind and others, to go along with the veterans. And could that goaltender, you know, recapture his his game with those guys? There's just a lot... Yeah. Of what ifs and i think that's what will bug flames fans for a while what if they could have kept the band together and that's uh that's a question that a lot of uh a lot of teams a lot of organizations and a lot of fan bases uh say because uh, we've seen this in other in other markets for sure can you imagine if you know this group stayed together the damage they could have done well yep. you know they had an, enough of a taste to think it wasn't happening the naysayers will tell you it, look it's not like these guys were just together for a couple of years. They didn't get it done when it mattered most, but you've seen Matthew go on to success. You you know what John's capable of, not only in this game, but in the international game and still waiting to see if it can be done in the post-season game, which is really what matters here. But to say goodbye to John for nothing, uh, won't sit well, the way it all played out. Um, plenty of blame i'm sure to go around but uh it's the reality of it and and uh i don't know i i guess you'll look back uh however you want but i i kind of look back it is it's pro sports these things happen boy he was a good hockey player here and you just feel bad because uh that legacy um could have been cemented here yeah for, for good
1: well it's funny because i was like i was i was talking about it earlier this hour and like that that was that was as difficult a decision for Johnny as uh, I, I don't think I don't think a lot of people uh, really understand how how much he agonized over that thing and how close it came and um, it's the whole I, and I I understand people being upset and I think you're fully you are fully within your rights as yeah. a fan to to boo him that's but it's
0: fun that's the fun side of it too exactly There's the pain and you boo and you know that's what happens
1: and. Like I, I, I don't. The area I push back on is the whole idea that Johnny Johnny pushed it to the eleventh hour just to screw over the flames. That 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 part just isn't. If you want to believe that, if it helps you sleep better at night, I guess. But that's that's not that's not the way this thing went.
0: No, that's embarrassing. If, if that's someone's take, that's uh, that's just not how it works. But. Um... But uh, there's, hey, jilted lovers for sure um, say and do things, uh, you know, in in a reactionary time, and it tells you how much they loved him here. A little guy just kind of came in, and he would go video game mode on a lot of nights, and he was durable. He went to work, um, and you could count on him to get you close. You you need guys. you got to get in the playoffs, Pat. Um, Did he get it done? No, in the postseason, but he got you there. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that you drafted in the fourth round who, or Brian Burke referred to him as a jockey, you know, and, uh, like this, this is a player that, uh, that really captivated the imagination of kids and adults alike and a fan base that needed a face of a franchise needed, you know, a little bit of hope and needed somebody, he was theirs, you know, he was theirs, and he did stand out, and he was uh, all world on most nights. Mm-hmm. And when he found another gear, it was it was special. And I know his legacy won't be what it could have been, but I think the, Fl- the Flames fan base will always remember getting their money's worth uh when he was around, night in, night out. Yep. They want playoff success, and I don't think Pat, you can have this conversation without talking about. You can't have any conversation about the flames right now without a tag about a lack of playoff success. You just can't because everybody is at home sitting there listening going, yeah, but it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah but yeah. there's always a, yeah, but it didn't translate and that's fair, but you got to appreciate it for what it was. He's a special hockey player. And, uh, and uh, I think flames fans are lucky to have him. And uh, you know, the only reason why I think it's, you know, you get caught holding the bag with nothing in return and, it kind of sours everybody. That's fair. Uh, and the asterisk to that is, but boy, what a player he was! Yeah. Uh,
1: by the way, you talk about jilted lovers. Uh, it's almost it's almost feelings Friday. I believe tomorrow's oh, feelings good. Friday.
0: So good. Yeah, I'll check in with you tomorrow and just check in on your feelings.
1: I would really appreciate that if you did.
0: Thank on you. On Friday.
1: Um, the rest of the summer plays out last year. Remember, like after the Huberdo Kachuk trade. And I, I remember the the buzz that night when we found out what the return was going to be and the excitement in this market. And then Jonathan signs that that eight-year deal and uh, then Kadri signs. Like, I know that this past season was an absolute nightmare. It led to a general manager walking away. It led to a coach being fired. It led to a complete new regime in this market. But remember how excited people were last summer? Like, it was... It, I, I can't... It's It's actually crazy to think how excited people were compared to how sour that season was.
0: I was working the phones hard that night in the Kachuk thing and uh, was talking to him. He was with family, he was talking to people in the know about the situation was, was kind of digging around the flames organization and, you know, talking to true living. And it was, I, I know exactly where I was for that one, that uh, red day, little shout out um, <laughs> and just kind of working it as it was coming down and, kind of talking to a couple of friends about it. There was just shock uh, across the NHL landscape about what was going on and, uh, and then the return and it was something, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was a nightmare season this year. There is no, I I think that's a great way of putting it. It was an absolute nightmare with, with real carnage. And, um, Oh man, it was tough. (laughs) That's another show. But, uh, yeah, that, that that one was seismic. That shook everybody up. Um, you knew it was coming. You didn't know what it was going to look like. And then you know, as a kid that a lot of us have been around, you know, the moment he stepped off the stage of the draft and getting to know him and how how much uh, they were into this community, uh, his parents, his siblings, you know, the work he was doing behind the scenes in the community, the Alberta Children's Hospital and other things. Man, a, a, a guy who had time for every kid, any special request. It was it was something. He was great with the media. Uh, he gave you everything on the ice and and that and more off the ice. And uh, yeah, I, I remember that summer well. And you know, those are those are two massive pieces that don't come around. Yep. And, you know, Flames fans have had lots to cheer about in terms of you know some star power. You could look at Jerome. And then I think you got to kind of you know you could look at Mika, you could look at you know some of those old four characters and beyond, but they haven't had two superstars and they dragged Lindholm along with them like that. Yeah. In a long time, and your memory is far better than mine. So just to you know, if I'm off on that one, just call me. No, nope, But it just nope, like I don't think so. Two guys were were Flames fans' very own, homegrown, drafted, not via trade. You know, they got them. They got these guys. And they watched them come up the ranks from, you know, draft A to Penticton for Matthew to, you know, the Boston College saga and, and uh, you know, the Jet going to get John and signing it in the vault in Philadelphia and, and Matthew and, you know, just – just some, And I know everybody's got their own memories of both those players. Here we are going all nostalgic on a Thursday, breaking all the rules. But <laughs> but uh, I think on these topics, I think people, when they let sort of the, the BS subside and how it all unfolded, um, you know, a lot of good stories come to an end too soon. And a lot of things change, especially in pro sport. But I think they'll look back at those two players. And I, you know, despite the booing or whether or not they hate either one of them or both of them, uh, I still think deep down at places they don't talk about at parties, they still like them. Good reference.
1: Good reference. Thank you.
0: Uh-huh. This is for you. Much
1: appreciated. Where? How, how do you feel about how this offseason has transpired cool. uh, to date? Here we are on July 13th. <laughs> How how are yeah. you feeling about things as they stand right now? Brad's gone to Toronto. Daryl has been what? let go. Conroy hasn't been installed. New management team. Coaching staff led by Ryan Huska is solidified. How do we feel now at Toffoli trade and maybe more to come? What's what's your feel on this offseason thus far?
0: Well, I think if I'm speaking on behalf of maybe what the fan base, and I don't want to ever try and do that, but I think there's still a lot of, uh, te- you know, there... They're kind of wondering, where are we going? What's going on? What's next? Uh, and I think that's realistic. That's okay. It is July 13th. Um, what is the direction? Um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of boxes to check and a lot of questions to answer and uh, a lot of uh, things that they have to address. Um, and, it, and I love that it's not a July 13th all wrapped up in a neat little bow because that might suggest haste. That might suggest, you know, doing things a little prematurely. Right. So I'm kind of like, okay, like everybody else, you're just sitting back. You're wondering, you're waiting, you know things are coming. Is it happening on your timeline? Maybe not. Is it happening on the players who have indicated they might not return? No, it's not. But it's got to happen and do, you know, due course. It's got to happen the right way. You can't make a judgment today. You have to wait until this thing is complete. Whatever that looks like. Is it the start of camp? Is it you know, throughout the season? Is it the trade deadline? We we may have to be a little bit more patient as onlookers, but there's got to be some value, which we've all talked about in return. And I think this is, we thought last year was wild, and it was. And I think a lot of us projected, once we started to see these dominoes fall, this year is going to be even wilder. Last year was the summer of Brad. This year might be, yep. you know, the summer and fall and, and winter of discontent for Flames fans, but Craig Conroy's at the helm now, and he's trying to do things differently, not for the sake of doing it different, for the sake of doing it properly, yep. and for the sake of doing the best he can with the hand he's been dealt. It's real easy to jump in here and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. He's in a real hot seat. He's in a real pickle. And so patience is key. And uh, you got to know when to hold him. And I think right now he's in that holding pattern. Yep. And I don't know as though everybody likes that, Pat, from the players to the fans to maybe the media. But it's it's the right player right now until he can get what he wants. He's not. He doesn't have the itchy trigger finger. He's a veteran. He's an nhl I mean, he's... Been around it. He's been executive for ages, and this is a guy who knows he has. You know, I've talked to Craig as you have over the years about various things that are happening with the Flames, and he's always had his own opinion. And so now we're going to see that thing play out with him in charge. And you're right, going back to what you said off the top of this question, and that is, you know, this is a major overhaul here and coaching and management and players exiting and returning and to the cap and you know, philosophical changes and differences. This thing's got to breathe a little, but, you know, you've got to start thinking, okay, when is it coming? And uh, you're just hopeful that they're prepared
1: do you uh last question do you uh do you get the sense talking to whether it be players who are going to be here whether it be talking to others in the organization like do you get the sense that there's a little bit of a fresh buzz a little bit of a a more positive feel surrounding this organization than there was say i don't know in mid april
0: I'd say there's oh yes, that is huge yes um it's lighter there's a levity. But along with that positivity, which sounds good and feels good, and all right, kumbaya, it's everybody's, well, there's also the uncertainty. It's not negative. It's uncertain and it's positive. And I think those that are uncertain are about, you know, wondering about, you know, internally anyhow, players and everything else about what is the direction. And yet there's positivity because they've removed a lot of negativity. And, you know, young players feel like they've got a voice here. Um, Existing players are looking to bounce back. But there's a large chunk of that roster that is like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Craig knows that. I mean, this this is nothing Craig doesn't already know. So um, that just adds to the soap opera like, uh, tune in next time because, you know, we're sitting here waiting and wondering. The fan base is sitting here waiting and wondering. The players are doing the same thing, and management is trying to make it happen. So, yeah, it's a lot lighter, no doubt. Um, We've seen it light here before, uh, and it didn't translate. So now it's about doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, Craig's got his work cut out for him. The great thing is, as I've said on this station many times, is that they've got the pieces to, you know, kinda retool on the fly. And uh we'll see if that has to come to fruition. I think it will. Yep. I think they're gonna have to retool on the fly, but I feel like they've got a, they're in a good position to do so. And uh how we label it come the fall or, or in season, um, will be open to interpretation. But they got they've got the pieces to get it right. Now can they?
2: Yep.
1: Good stuff. Good to talk to you. Uh, I I still believe that we we want you on that wall, and we need you on that wall.
0: I would rather you just said thank you (laughs) and went on your way.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Uh, Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline to wrap up the hour. uh, Thanks to Logo. Thanks to Rye. Thanks to Shan, Taylor, and GVP behind the scenes as we wrap up this hour. And yes, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, Ryan Leslie, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner. They're at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344.